What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. And we're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Realistically, again, the NFL, because all your other favorite sports are boring. Make them more interesting. Help us with some topics you want to hear. It'll be happy, happy to delve into some other sports. But we're happy talking about football. And lucky for us, there's plenty of football to talk about. So that's what we're going to be doing today and a lot of it. Episode 146, we are going to get into the litany of major injuries and thankfully for some injuries that turned out to be not so severe. Uh, the Ravens running all up and down the Chiefs yesterday. Uh, Mac and Zach bowl round one and notable stories after two weeks of play. But first, injuries. Never good and it always seems early in the season there's one week at least where there is just player after player after player after player going down with injury. I'm going to go through the list here, quarterbacks first, and then obviously we'll break off in the discussion about what it means to their teams and, and, and things of that nature. Tyrod Taylor, just poor guy. Dude. I know as soon as you saw him go out, you text me, and you're like, Tyrod again? This guy cannot catch a break. Every time he comes in and he starts doing well, he gets hurt. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, Texan starting quarterback. Hamstring injury. He'll definitely miss week three. It's a Thursday night game. They're not going to bring him back after three or four days. He's going to miss week three. Could miss several weeks. IR, more than likely not the season-ending type, but IR is a possibility. Uh, Tua, I'm not even going to attempt the last name. Tagovailoa. Uh, Tagovailoa, yeah. Oh, actually, I think I got it too. Okay. We're just going to stick with Tua. Uh, did get an MRI on his ribs. Uh, obviously injured. Um no major damage, but you know, sore ribs as a quarterback, you never know. I think that come that might come down to as long as the MRI comes out clean, the pain tolerance thing, so we'll see. Uh but it is it is it is possible he could be on the field this for the coming week three. Uh Carson Wentz, uh on an injury report. Stop me if you've heard this one. Uh, I don't mean to make light of it, it sucks and obviously doesn't want to be hurt. But he uh, rolled his ankle, quote, pretty bad. Uh, and for a guy who just had uh, ankle or foot surgery, that's not great. And you might say to yourself, hey, Chris, that might not matter because it could be a different ankle. That would be a valid point, except somehow he sprained both of his ankles. Um, so <laughs> needless to say, his week three status is unclear. Uh, and the man who tore his ACL in the air while airborne uh, also sprained both ankles. So... Again, don't mean to make light of it, but this man just seems to find new ways to injure himself that I've never seen before. Andy Dalton, the Bears somehow still starting quarterback. Uh, knee injury. He didn't tear his ACL. He did get lucky, and it, it was not an ACL tear. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll miss any time, and if so, how much. Uh, but Matt Nagy has stated, Andy Dalton is still the starter. Well... Tyrod Taylor was last year, too, and then Justin Herbert came in. So we'll see what happens there. Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield gave his fans quite a scare. Uh, and this is for a Browns team that's looking, as Ben and I talked about last week, really, really good so far. Gave the Chiefs all they could handle in week one. Uh, went down, shoulder popped out of socket, popped back in, came in, finished the game. I haven't seen anything about any lingering problems or injuries. Uh, seems like he got very lucky. Uh, so... As far as I know, 
uh, we are recording this while the Lions and Packers game is in, I believe, the second quarter of Monday Night Football on Monday night this week. Um, so hopefully we don't jinx anybody. But as far as we know, those are the quarterback injuries for week two. Now, Ben, now that I have talked for about four and a half minutes on the injuries for week one, or excuse me, the injuries for week two for the quarterbacks, which of these, if it's long-term, has the biggest impact on the team? Even though Baker isn't long-term, so I'd say the top four I just mentioned. Baker will be okay. Chris, there's so many angles I can take this because each one of them has its own perspective on how it can affect the team long term because you know Tyrod was affecting the team in a positive manner and putting points on the board uh Tua is the starter and realistically after Tua they don't have much Carson for what he's you know his injury history and and the issues he has uh staying on the field he is their starting quarterback Jacob Eason is clearly not ready but He's a starting quarterback. He has he has MVP quality skills that could help the Colts. Uh, Baker Mayfield obviously is the engine that stirs this pot along with Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. So if you don't have Baker, you can run the ball 30 times between the two running backs. You're still not going to win. I'm going to go with the Bears. And then you pointed it out in our disc, uh, in the in the uh, intro. Justin Fields can come in, light the world on fire, and Andy Dalton doesn't see the field again. And that's, I think, the biggest impact. I understand in limited time on the field, he has not done a whole lot. He's got like one or two rushing touchdowns. He has an interception, I believe. He's also probably not getting the first team reps, and I right. think that's important. Yep. Uh, I think this is the this is the biggest impact because if if it's Allen Robbins, if it's Tariq Cohen, these guys, if they start seeing production a la Jalen Hurts last year, they're gonna start gravitating towards Justin Fields and and how the offense is running. And if Matt Nagy tries to insert any Dalton back into the lineup when he's fully healthy. I don't I don't foresee that any well for Matt Nagy. You almost have to say, well, it's working. Uh, we understand we want to – we have a program. I am sure the Chargers had a program. I am sure every other team that wanted to start another player first. I am sure the Bills had a program when, with Josh Allen. But, you know, same, same thing. Tyrod Taylor went out. In comes just Josh Allen. Same thing in San Diego, uh, San Diego, Los Angeles. Tyrod Taylor is out. Justin Herbert's in. Boom. Lights the world on fire. There he is. Uh, I'm not. First off, let me be very clear. I don't think Davis Mills is going to come in and, and set the world on fire. He is a nice quarterback, but I don't think he's going to produce much because also of the weapons he has. Um, I just think Justin Fields could impact the team the greatest just because the unknown with Carson Wentz, what he'll, what his, his ceiling is with the team, Baker Mayfield, it seems like he's okay. So I think that's fine. And I just don't, I think the Texans have a, a ceiling and it's not above third place in the division. 
And the Dolphins, they, they, they're still a question mark. Like, they barely beat the Patriots in week one, and they have what should be a more experienced team. And quite honestly, it should have been a win by the Patriots. We went over this. We're not going to go over it again, but it should have been a win by the Patriots. And then they go, and obviously Tua goes out, and in goes uh, – honestly, I don't – who who who's the backup? Jacoby Brissett. For the Dolphins – Oh, that's right. And what did he do? Nothing. Not a lot. Literally no. nothing because they put they put zero points on the board. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could say, well, Ben, that's that's a big big swing, and I'll say, yeah. But if Justin Fields comes in and takes this team over and starts scoring more points with a defense that has a a leader in Khalil Mack, a generational talent, as you put it every time, that is being wasted. And they take that team and they win the division. I think that's more of an effect because the Bills won the division last year in the AFC East. And I think the Dolphins were second. So realistically, they're only trying to move up one level. Whereas the Bears, I think they're trying to get higher up on on the, the NFC rankings. And Justin, I think, and this is, again, this could be my bias coming out, but I just think injury impact, it's the Chicago Bears just because if Justin Fields is able to take hold of that starting role and convince, for some reason, uh, Matt Nagy to to allow him to finish the season, I think that can have the greatest impact. I couldn't agree more uh, with your assessment. Like we said, Baker will probably be fine. Uh, obviously, if he was injured long term, of the, of the people on this list, He'd be the the one I think that would have the biggest impact. Wentz, look, Wentz is only a few years removed from that MVP start to the season that he had, but that's in sports terms that may as well be <laughs> the length of the time the universe has existed because what has he really done lately? He's put up some decent stats in Philly, but he couldn't win games. He looked terrible. Uh, he can't stay healthy. And again, obviously that's not something he wants to happen. That's just unfortunate for him. But – I don't think anybody expected Wentz to come in and be the straw that stirred this drink. It was going to be the running game and good defense. Uh, so Jacob Eason could be enough with first-team reps to help this team win. Tua is definitely the best quarterback on that roster, but how good is he? Like I was, he didn't. I mean, didn't have any chance to really see him this week. I think he threw one pass, and last week, yeah, the Dolphins won. And I'm not going to get into it either, but I mean, the Patriots fumbled twice inside the 10-yard line, and all Tua was hitting was 10-yard slam passes. He wasn't anything anything down the field at all. It was frustrating as hell at the game because literally, like, it was the only thing they were hitting was the over-the-middle slam passes. And it's like you you know that's all he has. Cover it, anyways. And 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 Chris, they they if you look at it, the only two times they scored touchdowns. And I'm not trying to to paint a a a. a Beautiful rainbow for Patriots fans. The only two times they scored, the, the first half and beginning of the second half, and the Patriots made their adjustments, but unfortunately the offense couldn't ball security. And and that's, that's I mean, they took advantage of it. But, right. You know, you're, you're absolutely right, Chris. And you can make the argument, time will tell, stats will tell, what team has the better overall defense, the Bills or the Patriots. Right. Uh, so, I mean, that – Kind of remains to be seen, but I mean, I, I personally, Bills by far have the better offense, and the Patriots do have the a slight edge in defense. 
Uh, however, uh, how good is Tua? I know he's the, the, the sixth overall pick or fifth overall pick last year. We you still got to see how good the kid is. He's got... Yeah, last year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's only a second year. It's okay. We'll get yeah, you cal- we'll right. get you yeah. a nice ca- we'll get you a nice calendar for Christmas. Um, Thank you. No problem. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, you know, oh yeah, I mean, we still don't know how good this kid is. So I mean, it remains to be seen uh, how much of an impact he's got to stay healthy and actually consistently perform. Tyrod Taylor, um, I you know we didn't expect much from the Texans this year. Uh, given the fact that Bill O'Brien just gutted them mercilessly and then got fired from every position he had with the team. Then obviously Deshaun Watson, um, you know, with, with all the allegations against him, not playing, understandably so. You know, you didn't know what to expect from that team. That team was a mess, uh, unfortunately, for all the people coming in of the, the new regime. Uh, they kind of inherited this because I think they were all hired before anything about Watson came out. So now they're kind of stuck with rebuilding. Because uh, I, I can't see him stepping on the field again for the Texans. So, yeah, it's definitely the Bears. The Bears gave up a lot of capital. Not, not unreasonable amount, I don't feel, for a talent like Justin Fields. Take a chance on a guy like Justin Fields. Uh, it was justified in moving up, giving up what they did to get you know to get the guy they wanted. But now it's like you have a guy in Matt Nagy who I've said before, every single time we talk about him, does not know how to, how to place talent. He does. David Montgomery... Like, the first year he was in that offense, I believe this is his third year, the first year he was in that offense, clearly still the most talented back, one of the most electrifying players on the field. Maybe with the exception of Allen Robinson, the most athletic guy on the field. Uh, You know, Matt Nagy's just reluctant to use him. Uh, Last year wasn't until the latter half of the season when he realized, oh, this guy's pretty good. I should probably use him, you know, more often. Uh, This year he has used him more often, but now he has another guy in Justin Fields who could probably get more out of um, David Montgomery and that offense in general, and yeah, they're going to struggle, but they're really going to, you know, while the rookie's in there, but is it really going to be a lot worse than when Mitchell Trubisky went on one of his terrible games? I mean, they're not in any worse position here. And to bring a guy like Andy Dalton in, who's not only injury-prone, but has, you know, he had some decent years. He had some decent years in Cincinnati. This guy is not an elite starting quarterback in the NFL. I I don't even think that's up for debate. Numbers don't lie on that. Even when he's in, he's not elite. He had a couple of really good years with a lot of talent around him. And you're going to tell me enough uh, enough with this nonsense where Andy gives us the best chance to win. Or we really got to make sure that we get Justin Fields, you know, all the, the reps and have him learn. Okay. Okay. that that That's fine. It, it's also stupid. And it's why the next person who's the Chicago Bears head coach will be able to learn from your mistakes, Matt Nagy, and use them appropriately. Because if you end up going from making the playoffs with Mitchell Trubisky to trading for all that that draft capital to bring in Justin Fields, not using him, not making the playoffs, and wasting another year of Khalil Mack, you won't be around to make the decision of whether it's Fields or Dalton next year. And and, and I'll just add in it here, Chris, because I think think we've kind of covered – the one place where it, it's affected the most, the, this quarterback situation. If realistically the next three out of four games, the bears are facing an NFC North opponent. They have the Browns, they have the lions. And then two weeks after that, 
they have the Green Bay Packers. Right now they sit at top because obviously the Lions and the Packers are playing their second game. They're one and one. If they choose, and let's remember also they have Nick Foles on the roster. If they choose not How to go with Justin Fields. I know. If they choose not to go with Justin Fields and they choose to go with, with Nick Foles until Andy Dalton comes back, they're going to be kicking themselves thinking, wow, what, what could have been had we inserted Justin Fields into the start of this run against NFC North yep. opponents? Because if I'm the front office of the Bears and I'd say if if this was Matt Nagy's plan, we're gonna we're gonna sit Justin Fields, we're gonna let him let him watch. I, and I can understand you want to have some quarterbacks need to to watch and learn. You know, maybe Wilson out in New York probably needs to to at least have a veteran backup to kind of lean on. Like Mac Mac Jones has Brian Hoyer. Um, and, and by the way, to be clear, we know Brian Hoyer is a terrible quarterback on the field. Yeah, but he is a good guy oh, to yeah. have backing up and, and making tweaks. He's a good, essentially, rostered coach. Right, and 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 that's kind of what you want. You, right, you want some experience behind your your young quarterback. You know, uh, even when I think Josh Allen took over the job. He still, I believe, had Tyrod or Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm not sure which one he had, but he had one of the two. And then Justin Herbert had Tyrod to, to kind of bounce off of. Um, and, and I think it would be good for Justin Fields to have one of those guys there, but both of those guys who still feel like they're starting quarterbacks and the fact that Matt Nagy is adamant about not him being the starter – he could look at the end of the Packers game. You know, uh, I could be optimistic with two wins, but realistically he might just have one win. And now he's out on it on his ass because he decided I'm going to, I'm not going to start Justin Fields and the front office just says, you know what? It's a lost season. We're two and whatever, two and five, I guess it would be at that point where it's a lost season. You know, the Packers are above us. The Lions are above us. They could go into the Packers game with Justin Fields as their starting quarterback in a good position. And I'm being optimistic. It could be terrible. It could be, you know, Wilson this weekend where he got absolutely clobbered. And we'll get into that later. Or it could be, you know, adequate play and some exceptional plays a la Justin Herbert last year. But you won't know if, one, he's not on the field, and, two, he's not getting reps with the first team. And he, we've, we've repeatedly said how much talent they do have on that team. But they just – they're not capable for some reason of exploiting that talent. And it, it honestly starts with the, the head coach. And I think this could be – he could be one of the first to go – in this season just because of that decision of starting um what's his name Andy Dalton over Justin Fields and this is not a Jimmy Garoppolo over Trey Lance situation that's a different situation yeah Jimmy's got Jimmy's got a little bit more 
recent history of success where Andy Dalton doesn't. And I, I just, I think, I think it would behoove the, the Chicago Bears at this point to, to say, Andy Dalton, we're, we're going to trade you away to some team that needs you when he's healthy. Nick, you're going to be the backup quarterback because that's what Nick's good at. Nick's good at being a backup quarterback. And, and Justin Fields, this is your team. This is your team. You're going to take it and you're going to run high with it. Because otherwise, by the time they face the Packers, it could be a new head coach. Yeah, and that's it'll be interesting to see how that plays out throughout the season. But I, I can't I can't see a world where if Dalton misses a few weeks with this injury, and Fields comes in and plays even adequate, even you know even if they lose, he just improves from game to game and he's looking better and more confident, and the team's looking better around him. If Matt Nagy wants to lose his job, the best <laughs> the best thing he can do is put Dalton back in and stifle this kid's growth. But not only quarterbacks were injured, unfortunately there were other injuries as well, um, mainly by two teams here actually. Uh, TJ Watt, the all-world linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, suffered a groin injury. He was standing around on the sidelines. Um, so, I mean, I don't think it's anything like major season ending, but, you know, those things can kind of linger. So it'll be, you know, I need to watch that over the course of the next couple of days. Probably realistically, if he couldn't come back in, we'll probably miss next week. But I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Uh, on the very last play of the game, garbage time play, Steelers had no chance to come back. Deontay Johnson suffered what looked like a pretty nasty injury. A kid went down, he was grabbing at his knee, and it looked really ugly. Thankfully, uh, it's come out today that it, he did not suffer a serious injury, uh, and he'll definitely be fine long term, which is good. Uh, and then apparently every 49ers running back, much like Ravens running back, is just jinxed. One week after losing Raheem Mostert for the season, uh, Elijah Mitchell, who had a really nice week last week, injured his shoulder and did not return. Rookie Trey Sermon came in and promptly, within a few plays, got a concussion and did not return. So, uh, <laughs> who knows how long either of those guys will be out. So I think the advantage, um, Chris, first off, Four and running back situation, that's bad. Um, obviously, the Ravens are dealing with the same thing. I, I like to point towards, and I'm not knocking TJ Watt. Um, he obviously is healthy. He's probably going to play or play the following week. Right. Um, I'm looking at Deontay Johnson because he's been kind of the lead receiver for the Steelers, but the advantage they have is they have Chase Claypool. They have Joe Juice Smith-Schuster. They have – Right. Well, you know, he's got 10 receptions on 15 targets, 93 yards. So it, it, you could see an expansion of him in the offense uh, with Deontay down. They still have James Washington. They still have Eric Ebron. They're obviously utilizing Najee Harris out of the backfield, uh, which is a plus. This is, this is, this is kind of a, a new thing for the Steelers recent history um, outside of, of when they let, uh, when they had Lev Bell, uh, utilizing Najee Harris to both the running and passing game. Uh, it's astonishing what a lead back can do for you if you utilize him. Um, I, I just think it's advantageous for the Steelers that they have such a, a wealth of receiving help. And yet they're 0-2, I believe, or 1-1. Yeah, no, they're 1-1. So – it's good and bad. Um, it's good that they have this kind of kind of wealth of, of talent at receiver, but you know, yeah. you're, 
you you look at the 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 standings and all four teams have the same record in the AFC North and you would have expected the Baltimore Ravens to have no wins because they have no running backs. So, yeah, uh, that's a hell of a transition if, if you were done with our last topic there. I was kind of helping you out a little bit there, Chris. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have any running backs, but they ran all over the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night. And to the to the Chiefs' credit on offense, they they they, they damn near still pulled out the game. Uh, I mean, was it like 260 yards? This team that can't run rushed for. I mean, dude, Tyson Tyson Williams, who I said mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season, uh, I think is is I'm not saying he's going to be a, a, a you know a league MVP candidate, but he's a solid runner. And then on offense, I think he's going to be above average. I picked him up in some fantasy leagues, and if he's still available in yours, I don't know why, but I would consider picking him up. Um, you know, and, and Lamar Jackson. They know Lamar's going to run. They ran like a college offense last night. They know Lamar is going to run it. And the guy still ran all over the field on him. Uh, to, to much to my chagrin, I might add, because I ended up losing a very close game last night due to Lamar's inability to hand off the ball inside the five-yard line, but that's a different story. Impressive player, just hate playing against him. Um, I, you know, look, any time a team that's been dominant for a few years isn't quite as sharp, uh, there's always these questions of, have they lost it? Are they going downhill? This and that and everything else. Well, all you heard last year was how Patrick Mahomes was fine. And now they lose the Super Bowl, and it comes out. Oh, he was pretty much walking around in a stump last year. He couldn't. He couldn't barely move. Okay. Well, we all know how great Patrick Mahomes is, but it's awful convenient once you start losing. All of a sudden, you have these injuries. Uh, you know, and you know that they did not look good in that Super Bowl loss at all. Tampa no. Bay just Tampa Bay made them look like a, a second-rate team, uh, which we all know they're not. But Tampa Bay made them look that way. And they come in, and the Browns, you know, damn near, damn near eat their lunch on them in week one. If it wasn't for a late comeback, we're looking at an zero and two Chiefs team without much of a semblance of defense. I might add, like, you know, Tyron Matthew had that that poor throw from uh, Lamar Jackson picked off on the first drive of the game last night. But after that, I mean, they made some plays, but they weren't stopping anything, and. It, you know, it, it's not exactly the mark of a great defense. I know people are going to go, oh, Frank Clark, oh, Chris Jones. Outstanding. That's great. Those are those should be valuable names when it comes to defense. However, they weren't stopping a single person on the field last night. A Ravens team that lost its top three running backs for the season within a 12-day span came in with a fourth-string running back and a quarterback everyone in the, in their cousin knew was going to run that ball 20 times last night, and they ran all over the field on them. All over. Prime time. So, and, so. <laughs> and Chris, I, I saw highlights. I didn't see the game. I saw some highlights. And I know the, the Chiefs had a 20, a 35, what was it, 35? They were up 35-something. 35-21. thank you. 24, 35-24, excuse me. 35-24, and I saw the pass by Patrick Mahomes. And I'm like, 
as great as he is, as, as fantastic a plays he can make, that's the kind of play. And, and, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, it was a, he was being tackled and or he was being sacked. I don't remember where he was, uh, if it was behind, uh, how far behind the line he was, but he throws it up like a, a dying quail. And what, what happens? And it gets picked off because as great as he is, he thinks every play can be something. And you can crap on Tom Brady all you want. You can crap on any of those experienced game managers, uh, your, you know, Russell Wilson, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Well, maybe not, not so much Ben Roethlisberger, but I think I think the two that, that come to my mind are, are, are Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, where they just know, they just know, hey, this play, this play is over. So either I'm going to run it, or I'm I'm gonna throw the ball away, you know. Just just get rid of it. And 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 sometimes the best play is, you know, not making that play, not making that throw. Whether it's you know throwing the ball at the ground of the feet of your receiver, or even uh, crazy as this is, take the sack, take the sack, and know how to take a sack because it's just better because you have nothing. Right. Because your one outlet, your 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 outlet receiver is covered. And if you throw a dying quail, well, that's up for anybody. And I mean, who knows what happens if, if he doesn't throw the interception and they're just able to run the ball or manage the offense, maybe the Ravens can't come back, but if you help them out by giving them turnovers, well, then they're going to come back because honestly, in my opinion, the Baltimore Ravens offense is not built to come back from double digit uh double digit margins and but if you help them out they absolutely can any team can if you turn the ball over in advantageous field position so i i think at some point i understand his talent is his talent at some point patrick mahomes is going to need to start really thinking okay this is a throw i shouldn't make because it's just not there. It's just not there sometimes. And it'd be better for me to take the loss, take the, take the, you know, no play, throw the ball away, spike it down, whatever you got to do. Cause honestly, they could be two and oh, and as you, as you mentioned, they could also be and two. You know, this is where, this is where, and it sounds weird to say because of all the success he's had, this is where the growth of a player comes in because we've said this before. Patrick Mahomes is, he's tremendous. He's, if you're going to go and start a, a team with one quarterback, anybody who isn't bitter about Patrick Mahomes lighting their team up is going to choose Patrick Mahomes. I'm excited about Mac Jones as a Patriots fan, but if you tell me right now, the remainder of their career, the starting quarterback for your team is going to be Patrick Mahomes or the field. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, and, and that's just the truth. So no one's questioning how great he is. But, like I said, this is where the maturity comes in. This is where learning comes in. He said he learned something from the Super Bowl last year. Now he has to come out and prove it. Because they won two years ago. They got trounced last year. And now they come out against two teams who... Cleveland, right or wrong, still has that stigma of, oh, they're just the same old Browns. They are not the same old Browns. 
That no. is a team with a stout defense and an offense that can put numbers up. And they are not to be taken lightly. Ravens, uh, nobody really doubted until, you know, the top three running backs go out and they have 15 people on IR. And, you know, uh, the, the guy who's guarding their star quarterback's blind side it can't play last night. And they still go out there and they still run all over him. So I'm saying all this to say the maturity needs to come from Patrick Mahomes. You need to learn these lessons. You need to learn that all these plays, not the skill plays, not the great passes, all these, I'm just falling. I'm going to throw it 50 yards downfield and Tyreek Hill is going to be there. Yeah, that's all worked for a remarkable amount of time. And when you add in your actual like natural talent to it, it's made for some great stories. But the reality of it is, and I think baseball is probably uh, the best the best uh, um, portrayal of this. Things that work one season don't always work the following season. True. And that's why you'll look at a guy who's an all-star one year, and the following year it's like, he hit 220 with eight home runs? What the hell happened? Well, a lot of things have to go right, too, on top of just natural talent. And... If you're as talented as Patrick Mahomes, if you learn from your mistakes, you can do things to highly increase the likelihood of success even when things fall apart. If you don't and you just think, I'm going to be able to throw off my back foot 30 yards downfield every time something bad happens, it's going to be a point in time where that luck runs out and you start looking really, really bad. Now, I, that might not be anytime soon for him, but anyone who's watched these Chiefs play the last two weeks... I don't care what they say in the press conferences. This is not the same team. And I'm not saying they're doomed. I'm not saying they're going to go, you know, uh, nine and seven or be uh, nine and eight this year. Yeah. They're still going to be a contender. They're still going to be fighting for the number one seed in the, in the AFC. They're still going to be a frontline team. I'm not trying to be a doomsday prophet for the Chiefs or, or make some kind of outlandish claim. But they're going to fall off a little bit. And if they don't learn from that, they fall off a little bit more the following year. And then all these contract issues start to kick in where they're not going to be able to sign some of these key guys to come in and help because Mahomes is taking up $50 million a year. Okay, you can only restructure so much. You can only, you can only move things around so much. So, as the leader, as the guy, as the face of the franchise, and, and arguably the league. This is where Mahomes has to get more mature and say, yeah, I can't throw that pass. I can't do this. I got to stop trying for the highlight reel play every single time because last time it worked, but the next time, it's going to cost my team the game. So. And, and, and if you look at the the competition up and down the board and when I'm just looking at the AFC, Chris up and down the board, we don't know what it's going to be. We don't know how it's going to flush out, but every team, almost every team starting quarterback wise has a, a top tier talented quarterback. They have talented wide receivers. Every team's going to come in and be competition with your exceptions of Maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I wouldn't even maybe the Jets. Those are kind of like the only two teams I would say, yeah, you can probably chalk those up as wins. If you're, if they're on your schedule, they may not be on your schedule, 
So Kansas City needs to wake up. They're staring at two teams above them at 2-0. and And they haven't played a division game yet. Yeah. And, and, and if I'm the Chiefs, I'm like, okay, it's early in the season. I understand. But we need to start getting things right because it could come – it could come to a head real quick when you have next week, you have San Diego coming in and then you have two weeks later, a heated competition with the Buffalo bills. And you know, they're going to have an ax to grind because they haven't had success against the chiefs in the playoffs the past two years. <clears throat> and I just don't, I, I, I would, I would, if I were the chiefs, I'd be like, okay, guys, we need to kind of, Fix the problems, and it needs to start with the leaders on each side of the ball. That means Patrick Mahomes. That means Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones. You pointed out Chris Jones. I'm going to point out Chris Jones. You're one of the highest-played players on the team outside of Patrick Mahomes. You need to step up. You can't be this. If you're two-gapping, if that's the design of your defense, you have to do more because you have that much. You're getting paid that much. You are – the standard on the team, they went out on a limb and paid you that money to be that guy, to be that impact player that you were in your Super Bowl run. You need to show it. Um, and and then I look at what Patrick Holmes does, and I, young quarterbacks need to, to need to sit back and watch them in awe, but don't watch them and repeat. Right. And why I say that is I didn't get to watch the game this Sunday, uh, the Pats and the, and the Patriots, but I saw some of the throws that, that Wilson, I keep saying Wilson because I keep, can't forget it. I can't remember his first name. Zach. Oh, uh, thank you. I keep, I keep thinking back. It's God, he's thrown off his back foot. He's yeah. throwing these crazy passes. Well, guess what? That's what he was shown. That's right. what he was taught. Yep. Not just by, you know, the offensive coordinator, the head coach at BYU. Also, because they're looking at what Patrick Mahomes does and they're like, ooh, I can repeat that. No, you think, you about can't. That. think about that. When they started their college career, he was starting his run in the NFL. Right. So, yeah, that's exactly the guy they've seen. And it's, you might get away with that in college. And if you're a generational talent like Patrick Mahomes, you might get away with it. Hell, he may get away with it for the rest of the year. He may get away with it for the rest of his career. Who knows? But, that's because he's special, 100%. You're absolutely right. It's not something everybody can do. Be the, be the quarterback. you got to look at someone like Trevor Lawrence. He he stands up in the pocket. I know they're 0-2, Chris. I understand. He's not having great success. Peyton Manning had terrible success in his yep. rookie season. Yep. But he stands up in the pocket. He tries to hit his receivers, tries to hit him in stride in the open windows. Obviously, he's learning that the open windows in pros are a little bit tighter than the open windows in college football. So there is that learning curve. But, you know, you look at Mac Jones, he stands up in the pocket. He's precise, but he also, you know, checks down when he has to. It's it's a learning curve of what you're good at and what you're not good at. Justin Fields has a litany of abilities as far as the passing game, the running game, hitting downfield. But from what I see of him, I see him – into into his passes, throwing into his passes, the follow through. Sometimes, obviously, he'll throw off his back foot, and there's nothing completely wrong with that. But if it becomes a habit, it becomes yeah. can be a, a problem. problem yeah. 
you get the arm problems and that, and then you think back to a certain quarterback, which he had a great, you know, four or five year run MVP made a super bowl, but Cam has had, had Cam Newton's had shoulder problems. And you have to think if he could have fixed that mechanic of throwing off his back foot, putting everything into his arm, you can have a great arm, strong, throw all, all positions, throw it downfield, but you keep relying on that. Eventually it's going to go quicker than you think. And this is why Tom Brady's playing until 45. And all jokes aside, Chris, he may seriously be looking at playing until he's 50. He said that. We'll, we'll see. You know what, man? I, I, I'm not going to doubt him until he gives me a reason to. I, I can't. So we'll, we'll just enjoy him while we can. And, and yeah. Um, well, that brings us, we talked a lot about it in the last segment, but, you know, uh, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, uh, round one, Patriots and Jets, first time in, in that storied rivalry that uh, they've had both had a rookie quarterback starting. Jones, 22 for 30, 186, uh, solid game management. Didn't do anything spectacular. Um, the only thing I saw that I didn't like was he made the same exact play he made on his first pass attempt in week one, which was when he got in the grasp, instead of just taking the sack, he tried throwing it on the ground. Now, neither ended up in a turnover, but uh, it's something you don't want your rookie quarterback to think is okay. Uh, but besides that, he looked great, and he did, in fact, take some sacks later on instead of, uh, I believe he took some sacks later on instead of, or threw the ball away, uh, instead of taking the unnecessary risk with the ball and people around him. Zach Wilson, on the other hand, 19 for 33 for 211 yards and four interceptions. Uh, at halftime, I text you, and I think I think originally you thought this was a joke, and I said, Mac Jones has as many completions to his team as he does to the Patriots team. He was four for 10 with four interceptions at halftime. Um, <laughs> so this was not this was not a close game. This was you know 25 to six. Um, the Jets' defense looked really good because the Pats, the Pats' offense had them on their heels a couple of times, and they they managed to you know bend but don't break and, and force the field goal out of it. And Nick Folk, for all we can say about Nick Folk not being a flashy name for a kicker, all he's done is made thirty-two consecutive field goals, including right. <laughs> and including setting the Patriots' record uh, yesterday. So congrats to him for that. And you know, for a team that was looking for a solid kicker after Gostowski kind of hit the bricks last year, uh, <laughs> or the year before, excuse me. He's been very solid for us. So uh, I say that, and now he's probably going to go one for nine the rest of the year and get released. So we'll see. And, um, and adding context, <laughs> Chris, there's added context to that. He he said in his uh, post-game press conference, because remember, Nick Fault played for the Jets. Yeah. So yep. he played the Meadowlands a lot. He said this is the worst wind conditions he's ever played in in history in his history of playing the nfl uh, i hear that yeah and, that's I, and that's something to speak to that he actually mm-hmm. you know completed all his kicks and that's out of context to to not only mac jones to to zach wilson as well because if the conditions are like that you know it, it, it can be problematic for a passing game which is why you would run the ball more often right oh yeah you would think you would think because they seem to be running the ball with some decent success um, you know, and I, I, just to be very clear here, I think Zach Wilson has more potential. I've made a lot of jokes, especially the way he was throwing yesterday. 
Belichick is known for making rookie quarterbacks just look absolutely worthless. They went in after Justin Herbert, rookie of the year last year, was just doing things that we've seen very few rookie quarterbacks do. And the Patriots went in there. Mind you, last year's Patriots, we're not talking about dynasty-level Patriots from, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. We're talking about these Patriots who had all those people out because of COVID and injury and all that stuff, went in to the Rams' house and shut them out. It was like 49 to nothing. It was ridiculous. It wasn't even close. It made Justin Herbert look absolutely stupid. And we all know Justin Herbert is not a bad quarterback, quite the opposite. So for, for Zach Wilson to be made to look foolish, uh, that's not a condemnation on him career-long, you know, uh, a, a career-spanning uh, condemnation. Like, I think he'll be fine. Um, I I don't, look, I don't know when. I don't know what this team's going to need to do. Robert Sala, I think, is going to have, you know, add positive, uh, you know, po- have a positive impact on the overall attitude uh, of that, that clubhouse because God knows with ownership and, and past GMs and coaches, it's been a very toxic environment. That doesn't turn around in two games. I don't care who you are. You have a lot of young talent. You have a, a, a second overall pick who is, is – a lot of people questioned, um, is he really as good as they say he is? Who knows? Um, and he's coming in to a brand-new coaching staff, a lot of new talent around him. He's thrust into it. He's the guy it's stressful. It's a lot on the kid's plate. So the fact that Belichick went in there and made him, you know, look foolish in their first meeting, uh, not a surprise. Also, kid made some adjustments, didn't throw any interceptions the second half. I know that sounds crazy, but that's not nothing. So I'm trying to give you somewhat of a knowledge branch, Jets fans. That's all I can do for you because, you know, there's still the Patriots fan side of me that wants to say, yeah, you sex like shit. Look how bad you played. Um, but, and I, to be fair also, real quick, to all the other rookie QBs, especially Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones is in a far better situation than, no, than those two rookie quarterbacks are. He comes into a stable coaching staff with an already very good, stable, established defense that added some real key pieces in free agency. Offense around him is somewhat new. Some returning offensive linemen, some new some new running backs. If Damian Harris in his third year, second year playing after he tore his ACL rookie year. Uh, James White, obviously. I can't imagine how he wouldn't be one of the leaders on that offense with all of his experience and inability. Uh, I mean, the receivers are relatively new. Um, I think the majority of them are pretty new. So, But it's still, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a more positive culture. It's a culture geared towards, hey, we can we can win now. We're not, I mean, we're not expecting Mac Jones to go out there and throw 300 yards and four touchdowns a game. That They don't need him to do that right now. That's why they rotate their running backs. That's why they have the passes that they have. They take the training wheels off him slowly. Maybe that, somewhere down the, down the road this season, they can unleash him and, and see what he can really do. Maybe they'll have that game where they can do that. Right now, they got to get him into a comfortable groove. If you're the Jaguars... You're a mess. You're a complete mess. You're a mess on offense. You're a mess on defense. 
You take Trevor Lawrence, you say, do the best he can, we're going to build around you. Uh, I think Zach Wilson's actually even in a little better position than Trevor Lawrence is because the Jets do have a good defense. And there is, I think, more talent at receiver and running back. Uh, we'll see once NTN comes back next year, which James Robinson, I don't know that is. But right now, healthy talent. Jets offense is more talented. Whatever happens as far as how they develop, Trevor Lawrence develops faster and, and ends up just being a stud throughout the season after a couple of games. That may not be the case by the time the season's over. But right now, four rookie quarterbacks, four development. Mac Jones is in the best position of any of the three, three of the five first-year starters. And then I think you go Zach Wilson, and then you go Trevor Lawrence. But we'll see how that goes throughout the year. I, I think back to something Robert Salas said in his post-game press conference. Astonishingly, I heard a lot of, a lot more of the post-game press conferences than I heard of the actual game. He said there was nothing. He his comments about Zach Wilson is there's nothing wrong with winning boring. I don't know if that's a shot at Mac Jones or a shot at the Patriots or just a general statement. There's nothing wrong with turning the ball, turning around, handing the ball off, mm-hmm. or sitting back in the box, hit, hitting little. Little outs, little ins, screen passes. That's right. There's nothing wrong with that. It wasn't exciting, no. But this isn't the college football. You're not going to be able to play uh, an FCS team in the first week and then the 150th ranked team in the nation the second week just to kind of get your get your plays going, get your rhythm going. You, week one. It's on. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta be ready to go. And I think you're right. The situation he's in is Bill is going to look at it and say, "I'm going to try to put him in, in the best success to to succeed. Put him in the best positions to succeed. And that may be short passes. That may be screen passes. That may be running the ball. Because obviously Trevor Lawrence, he's he's a great passer." but maybe they should try to run the ball a little bit more. Same with the, as you pointed out, the Jets were having success running the ball early in the game. Maybe it should have been more running the ball. So that opens up the play action pass. Because if you have the play action pass and you roll out with a quarterback that's mobile as Zach Wilson, you can either hit some long passes or some simple checkdowns, or even he can scramble and make some yards. And that's what you have to do. And I think that's something that the the Bears can do with with um, Justin Fields because they have two running backs that they can utilize. Um, not so much Trey Lance anymore because the the running back stable is severely depleted in uh, San Francisco, and obviously the Baltimore Ravens have probably consumed all the available decent running backs that are available uh, because of their injury issues. I just think you look at it, you're a head coach, GM, offensive coordinator. How can we put this young guy, this first-year starter, in the best position to succeed? Well, let's run the ball, play action pass, and do what Seattle did with Russell Wilson. Ran the ball with beast mode, 
play action, rolled out Russell Wilson, get him out in the flat, get him out in the open, easy passes. And obviously they had a tremendous defense. And that is the key, as you pointed out, a, a very good defense Patriots have compared to the other guys. But you pointed out many times, Jacksonville had a tremendous defense for many years. Oh, ridiculously good. Yeah. And they just didn't want to pay. So I say all that to say this. Zach Wilson, I know what I said about him. I know I said at best he might be mediocre. I don't remember exactly my words when you you asked me um, if they were going to be, you know, how their career was going to go. It's probably going to be more of an indictment on the New York Jets and how they've just handled not preparing their quarterbacks and putting them in position to, to succeed because look at what Sam Darnold is doing. And I know we're going to get to that. Sam Darnold is having success in Carolina. And that should tell you all you need to know about what the Jets organization was with Adam Gase. And if I'm Robert Sala, I might want to really think about what our team's going to look like in the next two to three years. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Let's get into it. Cause that's, that's our next, our next thing. And, you also said if we had time, you wanted to get into the the biggest surprise 0-2 team. So we'll kind of add that in. Uh, you just mentioned how the Panthers uh, in the second year with Matt Rule look way better than expected. Obviously a healthy Christian McCaffrey and another year for the defense without Luke Kingsley to kind of solidify and, and become what they wanted to be. Uh, but Sam Darnold looks very good. You know, he's obviously not Patrick Mahomes, but he's looked very good with a great running back and some solid receivers. Uh that's not a team to be trifled with. Uh, the Raiders look extremely dangerous. <laughs> that uh, we've seen it before from Derek Carr it comes out and looks like an MVP for seven or eight games and then falls off. So we'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. But right now, uh, for all the all the jokes about John Gruden maybe shouldn't have come out of retirement. Uh, right now, it looks like we'll see. He's got a pretty solid team there in Vegas. So we will we'll see what happens and. Uh, the Saints woke up from their week one dream and realized that uh, Jameis is rather inconsistent. So, <laughs> they, looked, they looked very bad. Uh, and as somebody who took Alvin Kamara with his first round fantasy pick, that was not awesome. Uh, Stimmon should win the game handily, though, because my team is ridiculous. But, um, yeah, that, that, and I'm not backtracking on what I said. Maybe Jameis, you know got the eye surgery a couple years ago uh, or uh, before last season began and maybe this is just working through some growing pains in a new system we'll see time will tell but that was probably the most notable change from week week one to week two was the new orleans saints they looked like they could not be stopped week one and and this past sunday they looked they look like a team that's in salary cap hell, missing a lot of talent. I just want to point you. You, you pointed out um, Sam Donald, his success in Carolina. I will. I will put a caveat. It is two games. I understand that, but you got to respect what he's done in the fact that his career. <clears throat> uh, Twenty nineteen, he had a sixty one point nine percent completion percentage, highest out of his three years there. 
so far he has a 68.5% completion percentage with Carolina. Now, do I know exactly what the rhyme or reason behind that is? No, but I can guess uh, a certain individual, Christian McCaffrey, is probably part of that success. And he does have Robbie Anderson, and we respect what Robbie Anderson does. He's a very reliable receiver. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Who, by the way, Darnold's comfortable with from New York. Right. And he hasn't got many touches, but, you know, there'll come a time where Robbie Anderson's uh, needed. Yep. And, and DJ Moore, who's who's elevating himself to a top tier, a top tier wide receiver, and they're running the ball, like they're running, they're running the football. So, what is the the continuity there? It's it's efficient passing, high percentage plays, running the ball. It may be boring, but it is tried and true measure of of getting success early and then opening up the offense as people become comfortable. Cause let's be honest, Patrick Mahomes is a unique quarterback. Absolutely. He has unique talent at wide receivers and tight ends. And he was holding the clipboard for almost the entire year. And then he developed throughout that year, that second year when his first year was starting and he didn't have the success early on and, and he probably had success, but not to the point where he's at right now. He had to develop that. He had to develop a comfort level. It's just putting players in successful spots and some teams aren't capable of doing that just because whatever reason they're not attuned to doing that, or they get pressure from the GM, they get pressure from the owner, they get pressure from the fan base Fan base wants to see more scoring. It's it really is determined about what the head coach is going to do with the team, the quarterback, the offense, and the defense. And I think what what Matt Rule is doing, I didn't know much about Matt Rule from Baylor. All I know is he took a crappy team that had sanctions from the previous uh, head coaching and uh, administration. And he, they, you saw success in, at Baylor because of him. And he took that and he took it to the pros. And then they brought Joe Brady from LSU. Joe Brady is the guy that took Joe Burrow and turned him into a Heisman Trophy winner, first-round pick from a offseason where he wasn't projected to be even close to a first-round pick. That's what you got in Carolina right now, those two guys. And it's kind of scary what they could what they could build in Carolina. And I just think that's the kind of success you want to see. And and if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you're the 49ers, if you're the Bears, you got to look at it and say, what, what can we do to put these quarter, young quarterbacks in a position to succeed so they don't get flustered, so they don't turn into a Mark Sanchez, so they don't turn into a Ryan Tannehill in Miami. And just – Peter out and and they're no more. Yeah, and and to your previous comment, as I'm as I'm sitting here reading Peyton Manning's uh, Peyton Manning's shots at the Patriots tonight, which is funny. Um, he's apparently he said that uh, whenever he played New England, he used to go. Uh, he used to go to talk to his receivers in the shower and tell them not to talk about plays in the locker room because they knew it was bugged. Oh, good. Yeah, paranoia is real, folks. 
The man's already in the Hall of Fame. He's been retired for five years, and he's still paranoid. So I guess, I don't know. He's got to stay relevant somehow besides Papa John's commercial. So, oh, wait a minute. Um, so, yeah, you said there's nothing wrong with winning winning boring, and and I don't necessarily think that was a shot from Robert Sala or not. If it was, then whatever, dude, get used to losing boring. Um. Actually, it's not true. The Jets always lose in exciting and unique ways, much like the Giants. So, now I read that from Peyton Manning. I'm in full-on troll mode. So, but, uh, yeah, the Patriots won, won, won boring for years. I'd say at least four of their six Super Bowls are winning boring. Uh, according to other fans' bases. I mean, it, solid quarterback play, high percentage plays, good fundamentals, good defense, solid running game throwing out of the backfield might be considered boring not everything was the 07 you know randy moss teams where they had moss and welker getting two touchdowns three touchdowns a game and and brady was throwing up 50 there's a lot of that time a lot of that quote dynasty period that was exciting as hell for us to watch right but they weren't they weren't patrick mahomes throwing 40 yards downfield off his back foot they weren't lamar scrambling and avoiding nine tacklers and running 35 yards for a touchdown. It was 10-yard slant, three-yard run, five-yard screen pass. Oh, 20 yards down the field, uh, tight end. Okay, two-yard run, six-minute drive, touchdown. Oh, that was boring for 31 other fan bases. But for the Patriots fans, it was great because your team's scoring. So, yeah, I think a lot of teams get into trouble because they think they can't win boring. They have to try to be exciting. And that just isn't the case because you can say those Patriots teams were as boring as you want. When you and I are sitting there at a Super Bowl party after just watching our team win another championship, watching that, that pregame show on a loop for the fourth time, yeah, it ain't boring. Trust me, it ain't boring. And no, we, we don't care. We don't care that you think they cheated. We don't care. It doesn't matter. And... If you have anything above the intelligence level of a 12-year-old, it won't bother you either. So, there's that. You wanted to talk about your uh, most surprised 0-2 team? Yeah, let's just, just dip into it real quick. Um, it's it's a tie, realistically. It's 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 ten. It, it's Indianapolis. And I, I, know, I, I know you might look at... Um, Minnesota, but I think it's Indianapolis. Uh, I I just think it's surprising because they put themselves in this position. It's not really surprising that Carson Wentz went down, that he wasn't successful. They have a tremendous running back in Jonathan Taylor. They have a tremendous offensive line that should push people around day in and day out. And they just don't. And, and that's, that's the not surprising part is is that they're just it's just not working. It's just surprising that they thought, and this is my bias coming out, so I'll be very frank. It's just surprising that they chose Carson Wentz to be their quarterback when they have such weapons and and, and a foundation in place. And I haven't even got to the defense because the defense is as just has much, as much talent as the offense. And this if would not, be if a, not more, if not more. And this is a team that should be positioned at the top of the division 
And currently they sit even with the Jacksonville Jaguars who are rebuilding. So I'm, I'm stunned that they're at this position, not from the beginning of the season, but because they made a decision early on in the off season, we're going to go with Carson Wentz. And it, it's honestly just turning out exactly chapter and verse, how I thought it was going to turn out. Do I want to be right? No, but I'm, unfortunately I'm right on this one. And I know, you might think, well, Ben, you're being sarcastic. You enjoy being right. You you spike the ball when you're right. I really don't want to be right about this because of how much talent they have. I like Jonathan Taylor's running back. I am a Big Ten guy. You know I love my Michigan Wolverines, so I will support just about every Big Ten football team and player with the exception of one um, university. But even that's not true in the pros. You've been nothing but a proponent of Justin Fields. Like I said, I make exceptions. Yeah. When they get to the pros, it's a whole different ballgame. And I, I I, think I know where you're going to go, Chris. What's that? But but go ahead. Who who would be your surprise 0-2 team? Well, I mean, look at the 0-2 teams right now. And as, as we sit here, uh, the Packers and Lions are, are playing Monday Night Football. You know, full disclosure, had to record this one a little bit early, so it's not our normal Tuesday afternoon, which, real quick, by the way, is why we do not have Banker Tank today. We will post that. Uh, that will be posted by the time this podcast comes out. It will be posted on our Facebook page. So if you want to know who we picked for Banker Tank, you can find it there uh, because the new uh, the new projections aren't out yet, and we have players playing tonight who we picked for Banker Tank. So it just, instead of convoluting it, we'll just pick them tomorrow. Yep. Um but I mean, look at look at the only two teams, you know, real quick. Uh, the Jets. I mean, with so many new pieces, not really a surprise. Uh, the Jaguars, <laughs> even less of a surprise. Uh, Giants. I thought they'd play better, but I mean, they have become experts at shooting themselves in the foot. Anyone tell them just because Burris played for them, they don't have to shoot themselves in the foot every year? Oh God. Um. <laughs> that's for a few special people out there. You know who you are. Uh, Vikings are a surprise. And if the Packers were to go 0-2, that would be a surprise. Uh, I don't disagree with the Colts at all. Um, but I'm just going to go with the Vikings because you already ran down the Colts. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins, we know my feelings on Kirk Cousins. I don't know why he's the first quarterback to ever get a guaranteed contract. Uh, he's certainly not the worst, but he really isn't that anything to justify not only that first guaranteed contract, but the subsequent uh, second guaranteed contract. And it's only a matter of time before, uh, especially if they keep losing before Kellen Mond uh, takes over and he is guaranteed to be not the starter anymore. <laughs> uh, I like what you did that, Chris. Thank you. Uh, Dalvin cook is a beast and a half. The guy went down twice yesterday. thought he was going to miss. He <laughs> looked like he was injured and came back in and played. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen could argue them along with guys like Lockett and, and, and Metcalf as one of the best one to receiving combos in the league. Um, you know, Chris, Chris, I want to be honest with you. I know I'm just looking at their stats. If I look at, I'm looking at the offensive stats. There's no reason they should be. Owen two. no, Kirk Cousins it, hasn't thrown a pick yet. No, and that's what I'm getting at. I don't have a very high uh, opinion of him, not a personal level, but as a player level. But he's been absolutely fine this year. Uh, I think they will switch to Mond if they don't win, just because they know he's the future, or at least even they don't know he's the future. 
I think they're going to get to a point where they want to try something different. Right. But Cousins hasn't done anything to lose the job this year. Um, and they didn't select Mond high enough for it to be something where he has to be looking over his shoulder. I'm just saying, if he does start playing like the old Kirk Cousins and they're 2-6, and six, you could see a switch. Uh, and I think you will at some point this year. But on no, the offense has been fine. It's been the defense and kicking game. We knew the defense would struggle, uh, but not maybe not by this much. And again, they had a chance to win that game last minute, and a kicker cost them the game. So... I got to go with the Vikings. Um, I, new quarterback for the, the third straight year, and you could probably even argue even more with the Colts because Andrew Luck was in and out with injuries even when he played. So you're talking you're talking almost five years now of just un, uncertain quarterback play for the Colts. And, I mean, that, that surprises me. Uh, uh, the Vikings surprised me a lot more. Uh, because their offense is pretty much set coming into the season. I mean, they have, I feel, one of the better backups in the league at running back Alexander Madison. Dalvin Cook, like I said, is a monster. The receivers, uh, I don't know the tight end's name, but he did okay yesterday. Kirk Cousins has played at a pace he probably can't maintain. Um, and they're 0-2. And they're 0-2. Compl- he's completing over 70% of his uh, yeah. passes. I, yeah. I don't think, even, even with you know, the high percentage plays, that's, I don't, especially with the uh, zero interceptions, it's not, not feasible. And then I saw um, Dalvin Cook has 42, 42 rushes in two games, 42 yeah. in two games. Yeah. That's, it's one thing. If I'm a Minnesota Vikings fans, I'm concerned about, as he said, you said he, um, he left. Uh, one of the the game twice yesterday. Twice thought that he was injured, and he came. So, he still came back. So so he he ran the ball forty two times, and he missed time during this game. I don't know what happened the first game, but that's concerning because that's that's your guy. That's mm-hmm. that's gonna be the uh, Mattis can be good. Madison can be good, but but Dalvin Cook is a special running back, and if you run him into the ground, which has been a problem of them running into the ground and he hasn't been able to produce at the end of the season. That is a problem. Yeah, we, we shall see. Well, um, it'll be interesting when we record the, uh, this time next week where we stand and we might have one of these teams at 0-3 or we could be talking about a surprise 3-0 and team or who knows what the hell else because these uh, – the NFL – even if you've been a lifelong football fan, it, it surprises you with something new every Sunday, which is one of the great things about the game uh, and why I, you know, it's always, it's, it's it's the only thing I watch live, truthfully. <laughs> the only thing I watch live is Red Zone, my Patriots games. Um, so it, it, it's certainly appointment television wherever I am. Uh, but anything else this week? Are you all set? I just want to disappoint you. Um, I don't know if it'll disappoint you or not, but... Um... Currently, a junior in high school by the name Arch Manning is the number one prospect for that class, uh, that recruiting class. Oh. And he is – now, Chris, he's not the son of Peyton Manning. He's not the son of Eli Manning. He is the son of uh, the other one, Cooper. Cooper Manning. Is he like a brain surgeon? I Yeah, he's not. He's not he yeah. was yeah. never in football. But, yeah, the yeah. – the, <laughs> The nephew of Eli and Peyton is the number one 
recruit of the junior class. I don't know what year it's going to be. Probably. Well, it's the next guy the Jets are going to screw up. So congratulations, so, Arch. I wouldn't do be too successful too quick, <laughs> Bear Pal. <laughs> but I just started. I thought I'd throw that out there. Maybe he won't be obnoxious like his his uncle Peyton. Hopefully not. Yeah. But anyways, that is going to do it for episode 146. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything else sports-related, we'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up at Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BCTSPod.com. Or Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. All right. Downloads still continue to increase. We thank you very much for your support. If you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast and leave a rating and a review. And when you're done with that, tell a friend and have them do the same. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.